Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me is Brother Jonathan Robertson, Assistant Pastor at First Baptist Church in Clinton, Illinois, and also graduate of Providence Baptist College. So it's our distinct honor uh, to have him with us today, talking a little bit about his role as an Assistant Pastor and Youth Pastor there uh, down in Clinton, Thank Illinois. you for having me. Well, we've talked about uh, some topics where you know, overcoming your youth, you know, serving the pastor and making sure he's cared for, even talking about youth activities. But there's one particular event uh, in your calendar uh, that seems to be, I don't know if your whole year is kind of pointed that way, but it's a particular youth conference, an eight-hour youth conference that your church puts on every year. I just want to talk a little bit about the logistics of that. Sure. Why have a youth conference and what it does uh, for the church there. So if you could... I've never been to your, your youth conference down there, uh, and I should. Um, so explain to me, how does an eight-hour youth conference work? Um, what are the – how many services do you have? Sure. What are the logistics? Uh, obviously, you know, in eight hours, some people got to eat and sure. things like that. So what what is the schedule of events, basically? So our schedule is um, the same really every year. Um, it starts at 10 a.m., ends at 6 p.m., Okay. And um, that gives people where they don't have to leave so early in the morning um, to come or um, and they don't get home so late on that Saturday night in anticipation for church. That's smart. Yeah. And so 10 a.m. we have our opening service, and that is just a uh, jam-packed service with, you know, good singing, congregational, and we always have a special singer uh, group come in normally. Um, we will introduce our churches and have some games, and, and then we give plenty of time for our preacher. And uh, we'll let our preacher... Uh, preach, uh, you know, normally youth conference messages can go a little bit longer, and we want to give him plenty of time, and obviously plenty of time for the invitation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have our first service, and then it's lunchtime, and uh, we go all out for the lunch, uh, for the food uh, that we have. Um, our people uh, work tirelessly to make sure that that um, is, a, is the best meal that they will have in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And so we uh, do a good job with the food, and I mean, then after that, uh, with the Lord has blessed our conference over the years, um, and, and we've outgrown our building. And so with that comes challenges of feeding people in a timely manner. And oh, sure, yeah. uh, we've had to work through that, figure out different serving lines and multiple serving lines and how to you know, handle where people is entering and exiting. And, and so we've had to work through some of that. But here last year was our kind of our record, and we're kind of very proud of it. We need a badge of honor or something. <laughs> uh, we... Uh, I think we fed everybody 800-something people in a matter of like an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. And that's moving it. And um, so we we feed them really well. And then after that, um, we have our – we'll have them come back into like a gym area where we have the conference and we'll do some games um, to get them back in and some giveaways. And then we'll have a 2 o'clock service. And okay. that's normally an abbreviated, a um, little bit less singing, but we still have a preaching time in okay. that service and that that has changed over the years the last several years uh, pastors asked me to preach that service and um, i've enjoyed doing that uh, but it's a shorter service and uh, we'll have an invitation time and then we break for hot fudge sundays Amen. and um, dairy queen always helps us out with that and we have um, dairy queen hot fudge sundays how in the world does one dairy queen supply enough for 800 people they store them all for us Do that's what's really? the nice thing okay. so we use their walk-in freezer we just go and it's right across the street so we go pick them up and it, it works out so great small town living is what it is <laughs> and um and then after hot fudge sundays we come in at four o'clock for our evening service and um you know very similar to the first service uh, a lot of a lot of singing games and then plenty of time for the preaching Mm -hmm. and um, one thing that's important with um 
uh, an eight-hour youth conference like that, by the end of the day, you're sitting on a, a thin chair and you're tired, um, is not going over your time. We try to very time manage our time wisely because um, you don't want people to be so, you know, they're anticipating getting on the road. They know they got to drive home. And so we try to make sure that we're done either before or right at 6 o'clock. Okay, that's, that's pretty awesome. And so everything that you were saying, I was just thinking logistics and yeah. planning. And so let's talk a little bit about the planning process of this. Uh, it doesn't happen in the week before. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, and so what do you do? What are some of the things that you do to help plan for this throughout the year and get everything ready to go for this? Sure. Event? So I try four to five months ahead of youth conference date. One, I always have the same date every year. Um, it's always the last Saturday of February. That's hint, when our youth hint, conference, hint. last Saturday of February, February 27th. Be there. And be there, Clinton, <laughs> Illinois. But I always do it the last Saturday of February, and that just keeps people, they know when it's coming. you know. And so sure. four, four to five months ahead of that, I'll send out, save the date, and um, let them know, hey, this is our date. This is our maybe our theme, you know, plan to come. And then normally the week of Christmas or the week after, we'll send out the official flyer, and registration normally opens the first um, you know, Monday of January. Okay. And, you know, with registration, that is so important on our end um, to be able to just plan for your group. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we won't, you know, with that, I, I, I need to know your church name. You know, who are you? And um, I need to know your complete mailing address and your email and phone and how many teens you're bringing and uh, how many adults are you bringing, you know, as workers. And that helps us to plan because there's a lot of expense. We since we don't have it at our church, we have to rent chairs and tables, and uh, we have to obviously pay for the food in advance, and all of that has to be done in advance. And if I don't know how many's coming, um, that I don't know how many to prepare for, and um, and so I try to get registration open, and I to get people to register, I'll normally give away some some giveaways, sure. and um, just to get people motivated to to get online and making it so simple, you know, but give us the information, and um, and just planning you know, obviously months in advance and I'm getting your people ready for youth conference as well. It's a big crowd. Uh, it's, it doesn't fit in your church facility right. and you're trying to direct people who are unfamiliar with the surroundings. Mm-hmm. This is the, the first time at this facility, maybe, maybe not. Um, and you were talking before you started recording, you're actually having it at a brand new facility that you've never even hosted at before. So Communication with the crowd is key and crowd control and directing the crowd is absolutely essential. What are some things that you do to help inform people what's going on and, sure. and things like that? I think what's important with that is to, um, for your, obviously keeping your workers well informed, your people of your church that are going to give their time and their, their day to be able to work behind the scenes, mm-hmm. um, keep them well informed of, of their area of service, um, you know, and, and don't be afraid to delegate responsibilities to someone. Um, I'm sitting on the platform, you know, taking care of the service. I can't be the one taking out the trash or serving the food or, you know, whatever the next case is, cleaning the bathrooms. I have to be in my spot. And so uh, being willing to delegate um, and having those people's uh, responsibility and then making sure that they are capable of doing that and then they have their workers. Um, And so I guess with that is keeping people well informed um weeks a month months ahead we have we'll have a workers meeting here very soon with our workers that are planning to be there and i'm just giving them the logistics of the day how the day will go and um seeing getting feedback from them because 
one thing you can't do when it's service time, I can't, you know, I can't take care of things that are mm-hmm. behind the scenes. I got to have people that will step up and be that. Um, and I, that's just, that's, if I try to do it all on my own, then I'm going to be limited on what we can do. Sure. And, um, but if I have an army of people, you know, that are willing to help and you want to make sure you have plenty of workers. If you're lacking in that, if, if, you know, you're planning for a certain amount of number, uh, you ought to have a, a good batch of workers. You Is there know? a certain ratio that you um, need? You know, I always, it, it's no scientific proof, but I always say for every hundred folks you're planning on, you ought to have 10 workers, you know. Okay. Um, just for, you know, if you've, you're, and God blesses you with a large number, God's given us last year, I think it was 820-something folks that came to our youth conference. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, about 100 workers behind the scenes working that they may have may have not seen, you know, taking out trash and doing things that, that people, because all of my work's weeks in advance, you know, yeah. during the day of the youth conference, I'm kind of enjoying the youth conference with the teenagers. Um, but there's staffs to be folks that are willing to give up their time and um, making sure you have enough workers. If you don't have enough, that's where you go to your church and say, church, I need your help. And um, a lot of times I found that people that normally don't serve somewhere else, if you'll just go ask them, they'll be willing to give you a few hours on a Saturday uh, to help with some not headed teenagers. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. It's an opportunity for people in your church to get involved. People Absolutely. that aren't involved before, this can might be the foot in the door sure. that allows them to enter, you know, service in other areas as yes, well. Sir. One thing you mentioned um, was about this meeting that you have with the workers at your church, you know, a month in advance, and you can assign them specific areas of responsibility. And mm-hmm. you mentioned this briefly about getting feedback from them. Yeah. Because you're over the whole thing. Yep. You see things differently than they do. Absolutely. Because, you know, they may have an idea, but it won't work for the whole youth conference. The right. same thing with you taking an idea to the pastor. Sure. He's got an overall view of the whole ministry while you have a small sure. piece of the pie. Yep. But on the other hand, you have a very <laughs> zoomed-in view of this piece of the pie, and these workers might have a very zoomed-in piece right. of the pie where they can say, raise their hand and say, hey, I don't know if you realize this or not, but there's a little conflict here. Yeah. I didn't know, you probably didn't notice this yes. because it's so minute and so small yes. that, you know, they can bring it to your yeah, attention. Yeah, be willing to accept um, that good, you know, feedback and criticism even. Um, something that just because you've done it that way for 15 years doesn't mean there's not a better way. Sure. And, um, you know, one area that we've had to adjust in that is our serving of our food. You know, as I said, that's a large group to serve in a congested amount of time. And, um, you know, we've, had to add food lines and change the direction of the food lines. And uh, same thing with registration. We found there was a big, you know, getting congested there at the door and people's having to set out in the cold since we do it in February. And, That's true. and you know, yeah. and so we now have a new line of how we get the workers to the registration and the teens on into the building. And all of that has come from feedback from our workers that are seeing it on the front lines that I've got to take and say, you know what, you're right. And we can adjust. So being willing to adjust. Do you have a meeting after the youth conference to kind of discuss things that went well? I normally think, do think with my uh, ones over a, a general area. So mm-hmm. as far as my, my person over the food, I'll talk to her and person over the seating, see where we can do better on that. My, my overall people, I will, um, and see what their feedback is from their workers. Because by 12 months from now, you're going to be like, We'll forget. Yeah. Like, what, what? Something went wrong. I don't remember what. That's I don't right. even know how to fix it. That's yeah. exactly right. Always have a piece of paper or a phone with the notes app knowing what you can adjust. Absolutely. Uh, you talked about your record of serving everybody in record time yes. this past year. 
what changes did you make that enabled you to do that? What are some tricks that you've learned in your years sure. of doing Sure. So it'll even be different this year, but when we were at the junior high school gym, there's two different um, two different entries doors. There's actually four doors there, and I'm um, having them go to the food line on one door and the other door all at the same time, and it look, look like it's mass chaos where they're going to just intersect, but then there is middle doors where they can all flow back out and to back into the auditorium. Okay. And so just seeing that, and it's really just somebody just sitting, standing back and saying, what's the best way for this to go down? Um, and I've got people smarter than me that see that stuff, and they suggest it, and then we just try it out. This year it'll be different. We'll be at a camp facility just a few miles from our church, and the dining facility is just on the other side of the camp property. Okay. And so it's going to require us to shuttle um, oh, wow. our um, teens back and forth. And so we're working through that now, having, you know, 200 at a time, go to the food line. By the time the buses are back, pick up the others to pick them up. And it's going to be a process to work through that. Okay. Um, and we'll have to get that figured out. And it may be mass chaos this year, but we'll get it figured out for next year. Yeah, you have an you idea know? in your mind of what it should be like. That's right. But it doesn't always We always have a plan. And um, maybe the plan will work. Maybe not. We'll see. Obviously, somebody's got to preach this uh, youth conference, and you talked about sometimes you do uh, that second service. Yes. Um, how do you guys um, you know, pick your pre preachers? Is this a uh, joint effort between you and the pastor, or is it the pastor who picks who comes in, and you know, who have you had in? What, so a lot of times, um, both Dad and I will pray um, about who God lays on our hearts, and um, a lot of times it's he'll suggest someone and and normally I obviously normally don't have any problem with it um, because a lot of times he'll pick people that I've already heard and know that they'll do a good job this year in particular we have uh, one of our heroes brother angel um, he'll be right. preaching and um, he'll be uh, speaking and and you know he suggested brother angel and I said I don't know anybody better so um, we always try to look for somebody that has a heartbeat um, that has a pulse on on the teens mm -hmm. you know that that know um, that, that are relative to what they are facing, you know, and some people, some preachers, that's their niche. And some, some will just admit that maybe it's not. And, um, you know, we've had some, um, preachers that maybe a lot of the folks didn't even know, um, you know, throughout the years, but God's who God laid on our heart. And then God obviously greatly used them that day. Mm -hmm. So we don't try to build it on a specific, you know, name, by chance, but we do look for somebody that um, does have the heartbeat of teens. Now, is there any secret to, you know, obviously it, it started small and has grown through the years. Uh, what, is, what is the secrets of growing uh, a youth conference in numbers like that? Is there a, is there a few know, things that you can do? I guess it, it, it's three, three specific things. We try to have a red-hot preaching. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing I love about youth conference and preaching to teens in general is you can preach hard to teenagers. They take it, and they'll either accept it and make a decision for right, or they'll just flat out reject it and say, you know what, no way. And sometimes adults, we just, you know, we'll put on the facade and go to the altar to pray, you know. Yeah. But teens are teens are straight up with you a lot of times. And so we have red-hot preaching, and I love the preaching at our youth conference because we let the preachers, they preach whatever God lays on their heart. And um, then we have good singing, good uh, singing, um, encouraging singing, and uh, we'll normally pick a family uh, group this year. Uh, we have a, a evangelist that his family sings, and so they'll be singing for us and um, just uh, try to make sure that they, you know, have obviously have the touch of God on them as well. And then we good preaching, good singing, and the best food. You got to have good food. Uh, we've we've all been to the youth rallies and youth conferences 
where the food was obviously on the low end of the budget. And, um, and you want to try to do the best you can with the food. And um, I, I thank the Lord that our church has, obviously, we charge just a small fee for our youth conference, and there is a lot more that goes into it cost-wise. And our church absorbs a lot of that and our church folks. Uh, but we're able to do some of that because they've caught the burden of it. They've seen what God has done throughout the years, and um, God's blessed them uh, because of it. Praise the Lord. Now, obviously, we got to answer the why question. I mean, you've been doing this for a while as a church, and why? Why have a youth conference? What does it do uh, for the church? What does it do for your teenagers? What does it do for those churches that participate sure. uh, in a, a youth conference like this? The youth conference started as a burden from my dad. Um, he wanted to take our, it was in the middle of February, end of, and during the winter, uh, didn't really have much going on for teens as far as youth rallies or youth conferences nationwide to go to. And, um, and so um, he asked, at the time he was the assistant, and he asked our pastor would he uh, mind if we hosted just a small rally to, um, for our teens. And it started out specifically for our teens, and um, he asked could he invite a few churches. So he mailed out seven letters mm-hmm. to different churches, and um, I think we had three or four of them show up that, that day for our first youth rally. And uh, from then, it's just kind of grown to what it is now. But the whole purpose of it was, obviously, for our teens. We focus on FBC teens, as we should, and um, it's for them. We'd do it if nobody else is able to show up. We want to do it for them, and we've always said we would. God may challenge us on that one day, and that's fine. We'll do it just like we've always done it. But we focus on it for them. But the benefit is, obviously, for the other groups that come um, because they're going to hear good preaching when there's not a lot of rallies going on anywhere else. They're going to hear the good singing and have that uh, good fellowship with their teens, you know. So it'll benefit the other churches. Um, it benefits our youth group. God always does a work in our youth group. And um, I think they see their mom and dads in the background working, and they realize, man, there's a lot of work going into this for me. And they're willing to listen and let God speak to their heart, and God always speaks to their heart. And then it benefits our church. Um, as I said, there's a lot of cost that goes involved, a lot of work and um, our church, our youth conference is unique because since it's not at our church, everything has to be set up. Everything has to be taken down. There's a lot of a tireless effort that goes in throughout the whole weekend. And by the time they come into church on that following Sunday, uh, people are tired. And they're, they're just wore out, really. And that's really a perfect time for God to speak to their heart. And we a lot of times we'll keep over our guest speaker and singer and um, have them in for our church folks that day since... A lot of times they don't get to hear them on that Saturday because they're working. And um, the services on that Sunday are always sweet because the, the Lord meets with us and um, our people um, are blessed because of it, uh, of the effort they put in for a few teenagers that day. We've talked a little bit about the, a lot about the practical, you know, and the planning and the pre-planning and everything like that. But planning isn't everything. Sure. Uh, it, you, it's a spiritual work you're trying Absolutely. to do here. Can you talk a little bit about you know some spiritual preparation? One thing that uh, major thing that we do is we um, have prayer meetings leading up to it. Just this past Wednesday, I started with our teens and our teen time. We'll sacrifice some of our fun time that we'd normally play games and things. We're going to sacrifice that time and spend it in prayer. Um, I heard a preacher say it this way. He said, prayer is not the anticipation of the event. Prayer is the event. And um, a lot of times we look at it and say we're praying four, four, four. But man, if we'll just realize that we're praying to the God that can do that, that moves. We move His hand when we pray. And um, a lot of times the only thing that's hindering from God answering our prayer is the fact that we don't pray them. Yeah. And um, and so 
Uh, we, I, I get our teens, if they realize they're going to sacrifice some of their time, we pray for our speaker, we pray for our singers, pray for all the other churches, not only our teens, and then our church gets involved in on Wednesday night prayer meeting. And um, I, God always does the work, I think, because we take that time, set it aside, and we pray. Well, I'm excited about your upcoming youth conference, and I uh, got to see a little bit of it on social media. Uh, you talking about mailing out some letters. People had the registrations turned in, and then of course the week of, it's uh, I get to see some video, you know, footage of what's going on there. It's always very encouraging. So I appreciate you guys putting that on for everybody. So we love it. If you'd like to check out any of our other conversations uh, with Brother Jonathan Robertson, you can check out our YouTube channel and also uh, podcast platforms and view our previous conversations. I'm sure they'll be a blessing to you. So thanks so much for tuning in.